This morning, I want to take some time, and I want to introduce something I'd like to do with us over the next uh, couple months. I want, to, I want us to make 2017 the year of biblical impact from building legacies that last. You know, um, we talked about just not, you know, uh, right before Christmas, we did the friend day, and a lot of you went and visited folks around, and you, you, you poured your life into some folks, and then we saw some folks get reconnected with church and, and all that, and I, I told you, every day is a friend day. It's not just one thing that we do. It's not a evangelism or, or any of this. It's not an emphasis we just make in church. It is who we're supposed to be. So how do we build legacies? I, I, I will say this to you. For me, it's really interesting because I am, I, when I was telling Fred this morning, that when I turned 45 or so, 46, my whole life kind of changed from a guy's perspective. It was no longer about building this life or getting a, a nice car or a big house or anything like that as if that really would make a difference. It became about who do you invest in? That's why I love what I get to do at Liberty. 25,000 students in 10 years to invest in those students. You know, we were, we were talking, Doug and I were talking before the service about the fact that Debbie and I wanted to go to the mission field years ago. But, but we, didn't, we weren't allowed to go to the mission field because of Debbie's health and all that took place. And so what we ended up doing was I've spent the last uh, 35 years of ministry for the basic part pouring in a life of students that I have that are all over the world. The legacy that you have, the legacy you have with your family, the legacy you have with this church, the legacy of people you pour into, who's going to take your place when you're no longer here? What does that look like? What does that mean when we, we talk about this? So I want us to, we're going to look at two passages of Scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 34, uh, 5 through 9, and then Joshua 1, 1 through 5. Let's look at Deuteronomy first. Verse 5 simply says, So Moses, the servant of God, died in the land of Moab, as the Lord had said. He buried him in the valley of the land of Moab, facing Beth Peor. And no one to this day knows where his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not weak, and his vitality had not left him. The Israelites wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses came to an end. Now listen to this. Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. In other words, he built his legacy into Joshua. So the Israelites obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, who had served Moses. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land that I am giving the Israelites. I've given you every place where your sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness of Lebanon to the great Euphrates River to the land of the Hittites and west to the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, and I will be with you just as I was with Moses. And I will not leave you, nor will I forsake you. So what's the biblical principle here? Simply this, if you look at the passage, what does it say? It says, Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. In other words, Moses had set forth his legacy in Joshua. 
He had set forth his legacy in Joshua. He laid his hands on him because he knew he was not going to make it. He knew he would not be able to go into the promised land. He wasn't going to send them in there blindly. So he had Joshua walk alongside of him. He poured himself into that. Him, and he had laid his hands on him so the Israelites obeyed him. And as did the, the Lord, as he commanded Moses, he would be with Joshua. I love what it says. It says, Moses understood his calling as much more than building his, his earthly reputation. He realized that his blessing of Joshua and investment into his life and ministry would survive as a legacy way beyond his earthly existence. This is a book I was a part of helping to write a few years ago. Name Evangelism is How to Share Christ with Passion and Confidence. And chapter 40 of this book is basically the sermon I'm sharing with you this morning. I wrote this about my father uh, after my father passed away, about two years after he was gone. I, did, I, wasn't, I didn't have the time or opportunity to really be able to, uh, to, to grieve because I had to take care of my mom, I had to take care of my brother, my sister, that kind of thing. And so what I, what I did was, after a while, I began to write out what, what I was really thinking. And on Father's Day, two years after my dad died, I sent an article to SBC Life, and they published it. It was just a, a dedication to my dad, and that's what the chapter was. And I began to think even more of the legacy of my father. I've shared so much with you guys about that, the legacy my father poured into my life. And there's a couple of statements here I want to just kind of read to you. And here, just, just take this for what it is. It says, the legacy of a man's life has nothing to do with his possessions. Rather, it is the God-given passion and influence he spreads to those under his care. It is more than being merely an example. It is, a, it is living out a life that is multiplied through the attitudes and actions of generations to come. The legacy, listen to this, is an obsessive desire to impact the world for God. Jesus also lived a, legacy, a life of a legacy. He multiplied his life and men who eventually carried his message across the world. He instructed the disciples of Matthew 4.19, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Even after his death, resurrection, and ascension back into heaven, his investment into the disciples became the legacy, the capstone, the evangelism the picture, uh, ministry of what we're supposed to have for all generations to come. What does it mean to build a legacy? Look at me. How can we take 2017 and step outside of ourselves? If you want to know, if you really want to know, guys, what life is about, life is about what we give, it's not what we get. It's about the investment we make back into others. It is taking what Christ has done and put into us so that we lose ourselves so much in him. We are compelled by Christ to pour into other people. Guys, it's interesting to me that, you know, that I've been in ministry 35 years. I've pastored three churches, been in an interim of many, many churches. It's impossible for people to complain when they're giving themselves up for other people because they're not thinking of themselves at that point. They're thinking of others. The only time we complain is when we're so spiritually constipated, we're filled up with ourselves, we're clogged up by ourselves, and we can't do anything else. And yes, that's the way I said it. Because we get so engaged in who we are that we forget who he is. I want this year, I'm, I'm, I don't know how long I will be your interim. I, I pray you get your pastor sometime soon. But guys, as long as I'm here with you, I want to pour into you. 
That it is about being, building a legacy to growing in Christ. It is about what this church does for the future. It is about pouring into these young people. It is about pouring into our own children. It's about building a legacy intentionally with other people around us. That's what this is all about. I tell my students every day that if I died right now, I've got students literally in every place all over the world that I've taught to my class. Many of them I've mentored that have are, that are planted churches all over the world. If I died today, don't nobody cry over my funeral. Sing songs, man. Celebrate. Why? Because my, my legacy is not me. My legacy is those students and people, my children. What are we doing to build our legacy? What does that look like for us to do that? What would happen if we embraced this as a church and we looked outside of ourselves and we started pouring ourselves into others? What would that look like? What would that be? So let's talk about how do we leave a legacy. Number one, always realize that others are watching. Can you imagine all the times that Moses went up on the mountain and Joshua watched? He was there with him. He walked with him. He saw Look, I mean, seriously, can you imagine all the deep moments that, that he, he, you know, he had just watching Moses? Can you imagine what that was like? Everybody's always watching, guys. Do you know the number one reason why I hear students at Liberty say they don't want to become Christians? It's because of the fact that they don't see other Christians in their dorms. They see kids who act like they shouldn't act and trying to sneak it around and not really grabbing hold of Christ. Listen, let me tell you something. People are watching you every single day, everything you do. Your kids are watching. Your family's watching. I promise you, they're watching. They are. They replicate what we do and what we don't do. They do that. You know what? I've just learned that if I want to go shopping and not know anybody, I have to drive at least to Roanoke because it's just the way it's going to be. I was sitting in an IHOP a while back, and a kid walked up to me, and I, he was our, our waiter, and we were doing all of our stuff, and just like I told you guys we do in a meal, I looked at him, and I said, I said, son, come here a minute. I said, I promise you we're going to give you a really good tip. I said, but at the same time, I also want you to know, we want to pray for you. We want to welcome you into our family tradition here as we pray over our meal. So what's, what can we pray for you for? And he looked at me, and he says, thank you, Dr. Wheeler. I said, for what? How did you know me? He says, I sit in the back corner of your class. I just wanted to find out if you really did what you said you did. Yeah. Because people are always watching. Your legacy is built by them watching and what we do and how we live it out. Moses was always pouring himself back into Joshua. And Joshua was always watching Moses. He was watching the way the people responded. Come on, guys. Joshua knew that we could take Jericho. He was one of the spies who said we could take Jericho. He believed that. He had already been there. He knew how to be a man of faith. He learned it from, from God himself and from Mo Moses, watching him as time after time God provided. How about this one? Legacies are built out of intentionality. Let me tell you something. You will not build a legacy unless you tend to build a legacy. How many of you, how many of you know people in the church, in the community, that you think that they have phenomenal potential that God has gifted them, but, and you could pour into them. These young people that we find, that we see. Come on, how many of you guys had somebody that poured into your life? Come on, raise your hand up. Come on, somebody pour into your life. That's what we're called to do. 
We're called to pour into others. It happens intentionally. It happens intentionally. So often in church, what we do is we walk in and we, we're looking for what's good for us. I want to find me a church that meets my needs. I, want to, I don't like that sermon because I didn't like that sermon. Not caring whether somebody else was touched by it. You know, I, I'm too cold. I'm too hot. How about getting rid of I and let's start intentionally looking for opportunities to pour into them. Have you noticed I've asked you guys to start going across and just loving on each other? Because I watched you last month and watched what God did when you saw people come that you had invited, you'd set in their homes. That's part of building a legacy. You have to pick up that phone to call. You have to, you have to actually write out that text if you're sending it to them. You, you actually have to go to their home and do that. Reed and I went visiting one night. That was one of the most fun times I ever had. That was a blast. Love doing that. We have to set forth our intentional legacy. If we say we love this community, then we have to prove it to the community every single day. How about this? Don't just speak the word. Be the word. Be the word. Again, it's not about us. It's about how we live our lives out. It's how we speak it and, and go to them. It's, it's, it's what we people can read, the book of our lives. What do they see in us? Moses had to live this thing out for Joshua to learn from him. Let me tell you something. There's a leadership principle here. You can only replicate what you are. So, if you, uh, Come on, seriously. How many of you have children here? How many, how many of you have had children long enough and they're old enough for you to realize that everything you dislike about your children the most are the very things you dislike about yourself that you never dealt with yourself so you passed it to the next generation? Amen? You know what I mean? Your daughter's stubborn. Well, look at the tree. Look where she learned it. Your daughter's opinionated. Your daughter talks a lot. I mean, where do they learn these things? We learn it from them because we have to be the word. We have to learn what that is. Number four, everyone will eventually have an eternal legacy. Moses died. He got to see the land but never got to be in the land. But We're talking about Moses today because he lived his life as a legacy to God and to others. And he passed it on. He passed it on through Joshua. I told my, 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 my two mentors, I've shared this with you before, were Malcolm McDowell and Roy Fish. I'm going to have breakfast with Malcolm McDowell Thursday morning of this week. I'm going to get to see him in Fort Worth, Texas. And Malcolm and uh, Roy, I, it was interesting, I talked to Roy a week before he died, Dr. Fish, and I said, Dr. Fish, every time I teach, you teach. Dr. McDowell, every time I speak, you speak. I used to tell my mom and dad that. Because they taught me so much. They poured that legacy into me. Guys, it's, you'll eventually have a legacy. You will. Everybody here will have a legacy. What's it going to speak? How's it going to be about pouring into other people? How about this? Joshua 1, your legacy begins today. How do we really take this legacy? We, we begin it today. From day one, Moses is dead. Joshua, you're up. It begins today. You're pouring into people today. Don't put it off for next week. Who are you going to call today? Who are you going to start pouring into today? Who do you look around and you say, man, I, they used to be here. I used to know that. They used to be walking with the Lord. They're not walking with the Lord. Who's going to go and pour into them? Who's going to be that person for them? Your legacy begins today. 
Your legacy is more caught than taught. Look at verse 2. It talks about the fact what, what God gives him. Moses is the one who poured this into him. He caught it from him. He caught it from him. It was like a flu. He just breathed on him and he got it. Greg Steer has a book that he, where he talks about that, 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 that the gospel is like this virus that, that, that we, we, we breathe it and, and others catch it. And, but we got to be breathing in it. we got to be going where people need to catch it. We have to. Your legacy is more caught than taught. It's true with your children, too, by the way. If you've got a cigarette in your hand and you tell your kids never to smoke because you smoke, promise you when they get a chance they're going to smoke. It's true. And I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm just picking out stuff. I'm just telling you because that's the way it is. It's going to be caught more than anything else. How about this? Your legacy is part of everything you do. Everything you do. Everything you do. All of it. Moses poured into Joshua. Joshua, everywhere your foot shall trod, that place shall be yours. It's part of everything you do. Do you believe Rocky Mount Baptist Church can influence this community, continue to do this? Yes or no? Yes or no? Then you are part of that. You're not too old and you're not too young. But it is the legacy that we pour in and build into other people. Okay? Number four. How about this? Your legacy is worth the investment of time and of energy. It's worth it. It's worth it. Moses passed, but you know what God said? God says, Joshua, Joshua, you're going to take this land. If you go on and read further, it says, be courageous. Don't worry, be courageous, because I am with you. Don't worry. I promise you, wherever you go, that place shall be yours. It's worth the investment. We've got to be thinking about the future. We've got to be thinking about what influence we will have this year. We've got to be thinking about the legacy we leave and who we impact, just like Moses impacted Joshua. And Joshua took the children of Israel into the promised land, stood for the same principles that Moses did. Go back and read Daniel. Daniel did the same thing. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weren't just an accident. They were intentionally built into by Daniel. So when that day came that they had to stand up, they knew what to do because they had seen Daniel live the same way. What are people seeing us? How do they see us? What about Jesus' words? Think about it. It says, he says, no greater love than we have in the layer down our life for our friends. If you're going to build a legacy, you've got to lay your life down and teach others. We've got to get over ourselves and we have to engage in reaching others. This is how we know what love is. Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our life for our brothers. For whoever would save his life shall lose it, and whoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, that is his life, and take up his cross. And I'm going to add this, follow me and build a legacy. Build a legacy. Let me say this to you, please. Guys, we live in a world of depression and hurt and pain. And a lot of people don't feel like they have purpose or direction. You know why? Because they've never connected the real purpose of, of life, which is to have a relationship with Christ, to be on mission with God, to take the gospel to the world, and to be an influencer of others. Come on, the happiest, I will guarantee, almost all of you guys have ever been is when you have done something for somebody else and you have sacrificed yourself to pour into someone and you surprise them. Come on, is that true? Yes or no? 
I got Debbie a new coat for Christmas that she didn't expect, you know, and I, and I mean, I know it's just a coat, but, but it was one of those things that we were, you know, uh, we, were, we were shopping at, at Bass Pro Shop, and I saw this, I thought, I got to get this for her, and it wasn't a cheap coat, and I thought, oh my goodness, she's going to kill me, what's going to happen here, and I was so excited for her to open that thing up the next day, because you know why? Because I would rather her be happy than anything in the world. I would rather her and my kids and you understand the fullness that we can have in Christ if we'll simply be willing to join him on mission and give it away and give up our lives and sacrifice. That's why you go to the mission field. It's not easy to do that when all your connections are back here. But you do that because that's what God wants. You build a legacy. That's what it's about, God. That's what it's about. We have to pour into others. So here, I want to give you three things of application this morning. We're going to take the Lord's Supper together. First, I want you to record five to ten names of, God, of people God has placed in your life of whom you can begin to build an eternal legacy by investing your time and energy. Pray for the names every day. Follow up by creating outreach, mentoring opportunities in your community in which you can include each of these people on the list. Five to ten names. Come on. You got a pen there. Write them down. Start writing them down. I want you to just think about it. Write down five to ten names of people that you can start this year building a legacy into. You want to reach this community, change this community? It starts when every one of us takes seriously what it means to build a legacy. I don't know anybody. Yes, you do. You have people, I can promise you, you can pour into. You have testimonies all across this church that other people sitting in this church right now are going through the same thing you used to go through. You've had victory over it. They don't know it. And I want you to be able to pour into them and help them have victory too. Guys, we've got to become and be these people where we're intentionally looking for this. And if you don't write it down, you'll never do it. It's the truth. Look on the notes of my phone. If it makes it to the notes of my phone, it will make it to my life. If I don't write it down, you can look at my desk. You ever come visit my office, you'll see notes, post-it notes all over my desk. That's what guys do. I have to go through every week or so and clean up the post-it notes that I took care of. But I write those names down. Who are you going to pour yourself into? Number two, go out of your way to recognize people who invested in your life. Affirm their legacy by citing specific times in which you were blessed. Write a note, call, or make a personal visit. Be an encourager. Listen to me. you got people in this church that have poured into your life and touched your life. Why don't you take some time to pour into them and tell them thank you for what they did to sacrifice for you? you got people in this community. you got teachers. Guys, I looked up my fourth grade teacher because she was the first teacher I ever had who actually believed in me and didn't try to throw me out of class every day. I called her up. I talked to her. She's a Christian lady. Her name is Mrs. Knox. I just wanted to know what kind of influence she had on my life. I called up professors I had in seminary. I called uh, one of my professors who had one of the ones who helped me come to Southwestern Seminary, Dr. McGorman, the Southwestern Seminary. Called him up. He's 94 years old the other day. Called him up and talked to him. And he just cried over the phone. I just said, Dr. McGorman, I want to thank you for pouring into my life. Listen to me. How often do we do that? We're real good at taking, including myself. But the reversal of that is giving. And pouring our life out and building a legacy. That's what life is about. Take up your cross and follow me. He who gives his life away, he will gain it. How about this? Adopt an intentional, simple lifestyle of multiplication and investment into others. Beginning today, be the church.
I want 2017. I want young people to write down three or four names of friends that they can have a positive influence in this year for the gospel of Christ. I want all of us to, to build that legacy, begin to think who those people are. I want us to go out of our way to do exactly what Moses did because God is taking us to a promised land and his people need to be prepared and all of us need to be on board. Does that matter? You understand what I'm saying, guys? That's what this is about. It's not about us getting what we want. It's not about us being pleased or even happy. It's about God being glorified. And then he will give us joy. I promise you the greatest fulfillment of your life will be when every day becomes another picture of how you can invest in someone else for the glory of God. It's truth. It's impossible to be unhappy when you're pouring into other people. When you see what God does in their lives, it's impossible to gripe and complain. That's the legacy we must build. I promise you, there were days when Moses was at, Joshua was asking questions, and Moses was tired and worn out. He was older and everything. And he probably thought to himself, Joshua, do you ever shut up? But I'm going to tell you something. He kept pouring into his life, and it was Joshua that, built, that lived out his legacy. And we're still talking about both men today. How do we build this legacy? I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads right where you are right now. I'm going to ask our deacons to come on down and let's get ready for our, our Lord's Supper. We're going to tie all of this together right now. Here's what I want you to do. Right now, sitting right there, I want you to pray. I want you to ask God what he wants you to do to build that legacy in this community and your family. Who do you need to invest in? Who is God calling you out to invest in? Who is it? Who is it? As we take on this year, it's the year of legacy, the year of investment, the year of thinking of others over ourselves. What does it mean for us to live a life like that? I think God would be greatly pleased, don't you? So who are those four or five people? Who do you need to go tell? Maybe even this morning. Thank you. And how do we live that simple life? Right now, with your heads bowed, just pray through that. Pray through that.